0: Thank you for calling Gay Wire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello! Thank you for choosing option three. Welcome to Gaywire, where everything's at least a little bit queer. I'm your host, Shane Giles, and my pronouns are they-them.
1: And I'm their co-host, Artemis Feasley, and my pronouns are she, her.
0: You're listening to CJSR 88.5 FM in a Amiskwichiwiskayakin, or so-called Edmonton. And this week on Gaywire, we're slaying all the bells this holiday season, staying cozy with your loved ones, chosen fam, or us, your Gaywire hosts.
1: Ho ho ho. The holiday season really reminds me of what we have to offer, and what we have lost, and that everyone is deserving of kindness. So I implore you, do a little deed for someone else this week. Whether it be just saying Merry Christmas or giving a gift to someone less fortunate, Happy Holidays.
0: This holiday season. I, I am hoping to spend a frankly hedonistic amount of time sleeping, uh, staying as cozy as humanly possible in our cold Edmonton winter, and visiting my family to bother our cats. It's been a difficult year, and we've earned a little bit of r and R, I I think.
1: Me too. In fact, I slept until noon today. Granted, I didn't sleep until two in the morning, but ten hours is still a lot. I'm hoping to get a pasta roller for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I just really love making pasta.
0: All right, well, that's enough blabbing on our end. Let's talk about the plan for the show today.
1: For this episode of Gay Wire, one of our reporters, Terence Adams, spoke with Marty Peronic, a woman who transitioned in the 1970s. They talked about what it was like for Marty being queer through the decades and her interesting life story from being a model to a punk artist. This is a part two of our interview with Marty. So if you missed last week's episode, make sure to check it out on Gaywire Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Uh, let's just hop right in. The water is fine here at Gaywire. Here's Terrence Adams speaking with Marty Peronic.
2: And this is Terrence hopping in to give a quick little content warning for this part two we talk about substance addiction, survival sex work, residential schools, abuse, suicide, self-inflicted injuries and some unpleasant surgery results. So please take care of your brains and bodies and without further ado, here is the interview. You you mentioned that like a lot of your undoing of binary thought came through the internet but would you mind talking a, a bit more ab- about that
3: sure yeah when i started my youtube channel beyond trans with marty it's called m-e-r-d-i beyond trans and um yeah you know, i've got about 500 videos there it's like in uh about 2017 it was it was uh day of remembrance it's like the it was a. Uh, transgender day of remembrance yeah and and i talked about tiggy that was the first time that i i did one and and all of a sudden i started it was kind of like what happened with tiktok this late spring when i went on there and all of a sudden i got this flood of uh yeah younger people asking me questions and because youtube you know four years ago was kind of like that and um and so I started to, I, I felt compelled and I felt like it was my duty to kind of, you know, talk about what it was like back then. And, and what was great is that uh, all of these, uh, a lot of younger uh, people would um, leave me messages, uh, you know, in the comments or, you know, in, you know on my socials, uh, you know, privately. You know, saying, you know, Marty, we know I can tell you're a good person and all that stuff too. But, you know, it's like when you said this, it's like, you know, you're, you know, that's called inner transphobia and stuff. And I didn't even know what that meant, I didn't even have a clue. I didn't have a clue, but I've always been, like I said, like, I think that's why, you know, I, we survive the ones that survive is because we adapt, we change, we learn, we stay teachable. And so I kind of looked at all that stuff and I kept searching stuff out and that made me connect with, um, you know, a YouTuber that was taking her psychology major, uh, and she was a trans, you know, and I started asking her questions and, and I started learning and, um, and deep. Constructing my whole transness uh and what that meant and and like and and kind of realizing that because you, you can do that i think some people are stuck and then they get embarrassed and they don't want to like they don't have that humility or something i don't know what the ingredient is that to to go okay that's okay i don't know why i say that why do i say that and you know i'm also a buddhist so i'm always you know contemplating it right. right so um so it was, and, and thank goodness for all of, and, and these younger persons that would call me out on it and um, we'd have dialogue and I'd leave it in the comments so that people saw that I was doing that. So I could, um, so I could create that dialogue, you know, in my social media too. So people knew, know it's a safe place to express, to learn, to fall on your face, to come back up again, to admit you're wrong. You know what I mean? To do what we're supposed to do. But um but yeah, the whole, um, but the whole non-binary thing, because I really was, I, I'm really embarrassed of how I thought about that. Like I was, I remember when I first started YouTube and I was right with some of these other, you know, transsexual women, you know, medical transsexuals that are like, you know, we'd be like, it goes, what's with this, tra- what's with the word transgender? It's like that umbrella has holes in it. That was one of the, things that used to be said all the time and you know we'd be like "Ha, ha, ha. and and it's like and and when I'm around those conversations I know in my gut when I feel that in my gut that it's not right I know that there's something there right so it took a while to for me to um uh to kind of understand and own that and to stop doing that and and I lost a lot of followers on YouTube because uh, you know the from the transsexual metal, you know what I mean? The, you know, that are, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like there's, for uh, listeners who may not know, um, a couple years ago on the internet, the the debate of transmedicalism um, really uh, was at its height and uh, there was a lot of division between people who believed uh, whether or not you have to have dysphoria to be trans, whether or not you have to be medically transitioned to be trans, or on the other hand, uh, it's solely self-identification and based on, on feelings. And there was sort of a, a, a big dichotomy there um, just for a little bit of background knowledge.
3: Well said, well said. And it's true. And, and I had to wrap my, my mind around that. And I had to realize that, um, you know, I was doing that because, you know, to tell you the truth, I remember when I was probably 35. So I'd been doing this dance for 20 years already. And, um, and uh, one of my friends called me and said, Marty, it's like, I'm trans. It's like, I don't know what to do. And that was my first uh, female to male person that I met. And I tell you, I was like taken aback. I'd never even like met another person like that before. I didn't even knew because I grew up in the When everybody was just, you know, it was kind of like with, uh, you know, female to male, male to female, it's like they were called cross dressers, you know, and then second, and with the male to uh, female to male, they were called like diesel dykes and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like it was so crude, but it's like that, that's how people self-identified and stuff, right? It was really weird. But I re- always thought like, it's like, I, I used to always feel the vibe, like it's like, there's there's gotta, but I was doing, I, I was dealing with my own lane, you know, type of thing. But, you know, so I had to learn that. And I even remember like uh, when I first got clean and sober when I was 29 years old and I started meeting all of these trans women that, because I used to always think like so many trans women that I met so many of them would hit on me and like, and I would like, and I remember being when I was a kid, me and Tiki, the, and the whole street lingo back then was like, we'd say, no, no Kai Kai here, girl, no Kai Kai. It was, it was cause Kiki, I guess is for friendship, but Kai Kai was like, like really friendship, you know what I mean? So we'd be going, no Kai Kai here, girl, but, and we still, I, we used to kind of other them too type of thing. And so when I had to even wrap my head around, you know that a lot of people, you know, a lot of uh, really you know normal rural folk or whatever that don't know anything, just even like the how sexual identity has nothing to do with sexual orientation, you know just th- just that piece can blow people's minds. you know what I mean And it takes and it takes so much uh, uh, We you know we have to create so much education and dialogue around that because even me and my brain, I was kind of like, and then I was kind of stuck in that binary world until I, until I wasn't. And now I think it's just, of course, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's it. I can't even believe that I used to think like that. But it's so weird how we're conditioned to think certain ways, right? And um, that's why I think as we're un, uh, uh, um you know expressing ourselves and doing all this, we have to remember like this. Um, I, I think I just been, I've just seen how the world has that big backlash that happened since Laverne, you know, tippy, tippy point happened in 2014. Cause that's kind of like how I came out because me and her started talking on uh, social media together and I, and I did a little uh, press junket thing for her. I think she, she did a MTV show called the T word and it's, it was, it's an Emmy winning Emmy award-winning um, documentary following the life of um, five trans kids in New York. It's really good. To, uh, watch it if you haven't seen it. And then, um, oh God, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I can't even remember what I'm saying all that stuff. <laughs> Anyways, uh, pull me back. Pull me back, honey.
2: <laughs> you say that you were wrapped in the binary and then you, what was it that, that caused that switch? Was there something in particular?
3: Yeah, I think, I think it was First of all, because we live in Canada, when that when those two when those two laws came into uh, to being, it wasn't just one law. It wasn't just about. I, I realized it was two two things in that in that that bill. It was you know sexual identity and and gender exp- uh, and gender identity and gender expression too, right? So just just understanding what that meant, even. Uh, really started poking holes in that, um, you know, binary bullshit bubble that I was in, and um, and then also seeing how the slack that non-binary people were getting, and um, was so familiar, was so familiar, like it was, and it was so brutally familiar, and from from our our supposedly our 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 support systems, right. And I got that when I was, you know, a young trans kid in the gay clubs type of thing, you know, or, or just living. It's like, you couldn't even like, you couldn't even like go out and get a straight, I tried to get straight jobs and it's like, and people would always out you and like, and it's usually gay people because um, it was just so it was normal just to be flippant about everything, you know? And, um, not even thinking because it's almost like, uh, it was almost like they thought like, are you, uh, you know, that they thought that you shouldn't even be doing that. You know what I mean? Like it was just, do you know what that is? You know, always that, do you know? It's like, I know her. It's like, she just shows in this queer She's actually a guy, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, like, and that was normal. And you know, it's what was real. The most fucked up part about that is that we accepted it as normal and um because what can you do and so when i when i when i felt that vibe of how the non-binary people are being persecuted and also realizing that i actually did a video on that realizing that i was non-binary it's like we all have those non-binary phases as trans people we all do it's like if you're if you say you don't you're, you're 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 just not mindful enough to see it because we do and um and I was like, and then I started, you know, realizing, sitting with that and realizing like, wow, that would have been nice to have like a, a, a longer time to explore that, you know, and all that, you know, or not to have to, cause I remember getting my SRS downstairs, you know, uh, uh, you know, or whatever they call it today. It's, um, the dip- bottom surgery, uh, you know, cause I lived non-op until I was, uh, 33, you know, uh, downstairs, like I had everything else, you know, I had, had other stuff done. Um, cause I presented, you know, female all the time and, um, you know, sobered up like that, everything, it was really weird. And then I, I, especially in this world. And then when, um, I remember finally going down to, for the surgery and, uh, and realizing like, oh my God is I, I remember my, uh, this, uh, this a girlfriend of mine, um, she was, she's great. She's kind of like non-binary lesbian sort of person-ish type of thing and really close. And, and we were, we had dinner at her place with a few people before I left and we went in the kitchen, I was helping her clean and she just held my hands and we looked at each other and we both started crying. And I, and I just went, can you believe I fucking have to do this? Can you believe it that the world isn't where the fuck it, it's supposed to be? And I was born in a certain time that, it's like I just can't live the rest of my life unless I do it, and I and I end up being wrong that I have to do this. You know what I mean? And um, and so I always say, uh, this is, you know, I'm sewing this up here. I promise. It's like that um, when I did that, uh, you know, non-binary video on um, YouTube that I realized that if I was, you know, twenty or seventeen growing up in this day and age. I would definitely would have explored way the how more I would have been able to, there was such a community to, to, you know, to love and explore with and stuff. And um, because there wasn't then. And um, so, you know, I'm realizing that there's probably, I'm probably, you know, I'm probably a closet non-binary. <laughs> probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Some, somewhere lurking in there, she's running. <laughs> they're running around, <laughs> and that's great. And I love yeah. it. And yeah, I love
2: it's, it. It's super. Yeah, gender. Yeah. Is, is it's a lot more complicated than they than they make it out to be. And
3: it's so freeing to be able to say this. Like, and that, and that's the 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 gift that I felt like when I read that. You know, it's Christine Jorgensen magazine when I was like, 10 years old, it's like, I'm feeling that again. I'm feeling this re- release again, finally at 59 years old, I'll be 60 in January. And I'm like going, I'm feeling like, Oh my God. It's like, I'm fine. It's like, I'm, it, it feels I. It, it, it has that, that uh, essence and that, you know, in my heart, like that's, this movement, this, this freeing, um, that I haven't felt since back then it's really interesting it's really beautiful I I didn't even I haven't even put it together until I was talking to you actually yeah
2: well it, it's it cool. sounds very beautiful and yeah a gender journey is never never linear
3: <laughs> yeah and I'm realizing, and that's what I've realized over the last four years which is you know so anybody that's listening any you know any people stuck in their binary stuff that is like you know, don't know why they're listening to this and being angry and still listening. You know, maybe you want to look at that. I don't know. We love ya.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. And do you do you think that a, a reason why lots of um older trans folk are still very wrapped up in the binary um idea of gender is as a form of protection?
3: Yeah, I think some of them are so conditioned that to um to even. Think in different ways scares the shit out of them. So yeah, it's protection against uh, for themselves. They don't even, let alone you know, really what that means. Like it was, it would just completely uh, mess with their whole reality, you know. Because there's so many that I know that are really smart and stuff that I just don't, I just don't understand why they don't have that dialogue, you know, with that. And you know, but some people, but that's like talking to you know a binary cis hat person that that is just, um, you know, uh, is, you know, is just, you know, working and doing their stuff and they don't have time to, to think about it because they'd blow up, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I think it's basically always comes down to fear. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's uh, very unfortunate that that is the case. Um,
3: yeah. But I think we are coming around and having these dialogues and stuff, you know, really, um, I think gives, you uh, uh, makes people feel like they're uh, giving, get, being given permission to think outside the box when they hear others talking about it, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why I, one of the reasons why I think uh, like talking intergenerationally between queer people is so important because how else are we going to get that history? It hasn't yes. been down. We have to just get it from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, And so um, something that I've encountered recently uh, that I've resonated with, and I was wondering your thoughts on it, is the idea of trans joy as a form of resistance.
3: Ooh, cool, trans joy, wow. Well, in, in Buddhism, joy is one of the four infinite powers, right, which is, it's a real powerful thing to be able to have joy purpose yeah. Joy. Per, uh, perfect. Uh, it's <clears throat> because to have that joy, it, you know, it allows you to, um, it, it gives you that, that fuel it's, it's part of giving you that fuel to continue the work. So I think it's, I think it's an important, I think that's a fabulous thing to bring up. <laughs> I think that's, that's perfect. Yes. Yes. Cultivate that joy. I always say, you know, you know, uh, set your GPS to joy, whatever you're doing in life. Right. And you can't go wrong. Yeah.
2: So as a trans person myself, uh, I'm very interested in like sort of the, the semantics about how he would go about it because I went to my doctor and my doctor knew what I was talking about and referred me to other people who knew what I was talking about. Um, so it was a fairly straightforward process. And though there's still lots of problems with the way the medical system treats trans people, it's, we, we have places like the, the gender clinic in Edmonton uh, that specializes. Um,
3: oh, good. Yeah, so. Wow, it's so good to hear that, to hear those <laughs> words together, Edmonton and gender clinic. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's great.
2: So how, Would you actually go about the process of transitioning back then? Yeah, back then.
3: Okay. Well, like I like how I started the conversation today. Um, you know, you'd have to run away to the big city. Yeah. And you know, um, and then get the information. You know, like I did on the living room floor, listening to all these old, you know, transsexual mothers and aunts uh, talking about doctors and and everything. And then, um, and then luckily she started giving me and, and this do do not do this. (laughs) Whoever's listening, like always see a doctor to get hormones and stuff, but that was the way to do it. Yeah. They'd give you the medic, they'd give you hormones, Premarin back then. And, um, and, and, um, and progesterone. And we just take, we take that for like a few months and then go to a doctor that they had said, uh, gave them to them, and then we just say, "Oh yeah, I'm out of province, and I need my I need my moans, you know. And you take off your top, and you have your little buds, and they'd go, oh, "Okay," and they would just write them, you know, because usually you went to the doctors that were trans friendly, right? And and then um, and then you would make an appointment to. Um, well, I got caught and taken back to Calgary, and then when I came back, when I was eighteen. That's when I uh, made appointments to see um, uh, two psychiatrists because you had to get two psychiatrists letters and a psychologist letter. And there was was the go-to people. So there was Dr. Diane Watson who started everything in Vancouver. And I saw her out of her basement, in her basement in in, um, uh, North Vancouver. Uh, This is before she created the gender clinic uh, that was part of Vancouver Hospital or Vancouver general, and now it's all community based in Vancouver, but, um, but yeah, so it go to see her and then, and then go see this creepy old guy, God, he'd sexualize you so much. It was so sick. And he would be smoking a cigar and, and I'd just be all femme body and all like, you know, 18 and, you know, you know, just completely, you know, every man, straight man's dream, you know, even though they didn't know. Right. And, um, and sit there and he would like he, it was like he was playing with the mouse that one until you got that letter, which is weird. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't even actually try something. And maybe he did. I don't know. I was kind of dumb back then. And, and then the psychologist, and then, and then I was, and then I was on a plane to go to uh, Toronto because the only one in, in Canada that did it was Dr. Lindsay. And he was out of Toronto and this was 1980. <laughs> and, um, and I, I had like, you know, hooked my way into, you know, I don't know, $15,000 or something like that, what it was and went there and, um, and I was horrified by how old he was and how um, creepy it all was. And luckily the trans gods were always hovering around me because I went to uh, a, a gay club that night uh, that I, that I heard trans people went to. And um, bef- before I like, committed to it. And, um, there's, there was this older trans girl that cornered me. And, um, and I told her that why I was there and she dragged me to the bathroom. She went, Oh, he did me too. And I don't know. It's like, as everybody always showed each other's junk all the time, it was so weird. Like what was like, you know, and you didn't even know them. It was just really like, (gasps) you know, and of course, like I was, Marty was all into the acid then. Right. So it's like, and I remember she dragged me to the bathroom. Freaking heart of glass is playing. I still remember it because you're on acid. You remember everything, and then, and then she slaps her disco heel on the side of the bathroom door and pulls up her skirt, and I was horrified because, you know, it just it was just not where it is today with those surgeries, and so I ended up um, I ended up uh, freaking out, coming back to Vancouver. I talked to a friend and they said, um, well, just put it on the back burner until, until they get really good. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh yeah, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. So I waited. And then, and then I was about three years later, I was scheduled to do it with Dr. Mel, uh, Dr. Uh, Biber in Trinidad, Colorado, that he was quite famous Marcy Bowers trained off of him. She's quite famous Marcy Bowers. And, um, and then uh, again, the trans gods were around me because a girlfriend called me freaking out. She had gone down before me and, um, let's just say her, um, uh, something fell off on her downstairs. Yeah, it was really creepy and she's freaking out. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to do that one. And then, so I waited and then, um yeah, I waited until Dr. Toby Meltzer and I was the first one they actually paid on the books um, uh, in British Columbia um, to go down to Portland, Oregon where he was doing them there in uh, back then, so um, but, you know, they did pay for it before that, but it was usually like if you went into walked into Vancouver General and like, and mutilated yourself and and then they would like take you the psych ward and then they would talk and then you know what i mean people actually would do that it was that that crazy yeah it was pretty punk rock that's for sure
2: it's hard enough now um and the farther back in time you go the exponentially harder it was um
3: Oh yeah, it was horrible. I remember uh, the, what they said to me at the uh, when I first ran away, they went, okay, you gotta, girl, you gotta save your money. You gotta work every night, you know, on the stroll. And it's like, and, and first you get your nose because then you're prettier and then you can get more and then you get your tatas and then you can get more. And then it's like, and then you get your hoo-ha, right? And I was just like, okay. It's like, it was so scary. It was so weird. So weird. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much more time you have, um, but you mentioned that you were interested in telling Teggy's story. And um, yeah. if you wanted to do a little bit of that here.
3: Sure. Uh, yeah, I can, because uh, uh, the piece, you know, her coming from, uh, you know, uh, Saskatchewan and, and I'm sure her, most of her family on her mother's side, which was uh, Métis, you know, there a lot of residential school stuff on that side. So, so there was a, a lot of, um, you know, Judo Christian, you know, conservative weirdness that she grew up in, like really like a big time. And, you know, and, and the, you know, the story is like, she, you know, it was safer, for, uh, it was safer for her to run away than be, um, you know abused by her stepfather at night if you know what i mean and then be abused you know call, calling them out as like you know faggot and you know freak and stuff during the day you know all that horrible stories so um you know um you know so tiggy even had it even worse like and she you know running away like god when she was like 14 um you know across the prairies uh to calgary and then i met her and she was like living in the inside of a apartment building, they were letting her live underneath these stairs. It was really fucked up, and um, and I was still living at home, and um, but like we bonded through our, I guess our transness, but we didn't, you know, there wasn't that word then, but of our um, our um, queerness, and um, and uh, just just the uh, and and. and you know, I looked up to her and I was really, I was looked at up to her, even though she was a year and a half younger than me, because she was so tough, you know, she was a scrapper and stuff too, right? Because she had to be. And, um, and so when I think about how she had to be such a scrapper and everything at such a young age, you know, plus the transness and everything like that, it's like, I feel privileged compared to what she had to go through, you know? Cause like I was dip dashing from a home, you know what I mean? to, you know, to the tweenies of the forest, you know, having my fun on acid, climbing trees, watching, you know, you know, seeing which, uh, seeing, seeing who was going into the Parkside Continental that night and seeing, hoping, hoping, hoping that we'd see like a, a, a transsexual woman that we'd go, oh my God, look, oh my God, we're going to be just like that. You know what I mean? All that stuff. And, um, and, um, and, and just her, her creativity and how she pushed the the envelope and pushed me to push the envelope. And, and, um, and this music that we've done, like the, her voice is on it. I just, it's so haunting and so beautiful. Um, and, um, and, uh, and it's something that we, we uh, you know, that the world gets, get uh, misses is missing out on. And I really want to um, I really want to share, especially those, those, tracks that we did because it was, it was documenting our lives, even like the names of the songs, you know, like Magdalene Ho, you know, it's played on play on words. It was like the sacredness that we were doing yet. We were, you know, had to be hoes, you know, and just like the story of Mary, Mary Magdalene, like she wasn't even a sex worker. Um, She was, it was Pope po Gregory that back in the fourth century that rewrote that because, they didn't want women to have power, you know, all that bullshit, right? So, so there's that song that we, used, you know, we used to, we used to talk about all that stuff and everything too. So that's why we, you know, coined that CD, that uh, Magdalene Ho. And then, you know, then there's songs called Hogtied, which is like all of the weird tricks that we had to do that we just bundled up into this one. It's kind of like our Acid Queen, like Tina Turner's Acid Queen from Tommy. It's kind of like our you know uh you know um kind of sums up the whole industry and then freak show society which is one of the songs that we did and then um uh vulgarities because you know people just thought we were vulgar you're right type of thing and um and what is the other song and breakers breakers is the is the is uh, there's there's other ones too, but uh, Breakers is a is a beautiful one because we're singing it together in harmony and we're talking about uh, sinking or swimming and it's so prophetic because I'm the one that you know swam and she sunk and um, and um, you know and what we've been talking about the last hour is the reason why and and I just I just want I just want people to um, um, really see it through that lens, you know. It'd be really cool. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much for talking to me this whole long hour. Um, <laughs> it's been so great. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic. Um,
3: it's my pleasure.
2: Can I ask like two more questions.
3: Sure. Yeah. Go ahead, honey. Okay. You're wonderful.
2: Okay. So the first one is, it, it was awful. There was terrible, terrible things. And so what, what gave you hope to keep going?
3: The first, uh, what the uh, you mean at the beginning, it was so horrible. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh. Just in, in the good question. Yeah.
3: Good question. And I'm actually trying to thread this throughout this uh, uh, piece that I'm I don't know what it is play or book or whatever. It's I, I always, I always uh, talk about this. I remember, um, you know, after all those times, you know, when I was uh, every, every night when I was young doing all the shit that I had to do. And um, in the evening when, you know, the ritual of taking off the paint and all that stuff. And I remember laying back on my bed before, before or after I was doing it, depending on how much drugs I was or alcohol I was doing, and the room would be spinning, and I would just kind of talk to the universe, talk talk to the, I'm sure I was, I, I always say I'm talking to the trans gods or whatever, the queer gods, and 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 saying like, why the hell I have to do this? It's like I don't know, but I'm trusting that if I keep, you know, um, holding on to this thread and keep pulling myself through this trust that there is something at the end of this. Cause I, I really felt like there was like, I felt like there has to be, you know, sense to this madness. There has to be like, there, you know, there has to, I, 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 I exist. I, I belong. I, I always felt that I always felt like, fuck you. It's like, I exist you know, I, I, I belong here. I belong at this table. And even though everything was around me, how conditioned. I was, there was that little thread. Sometimes it just felt like I just like a little spindly spider web thread sometimes, but I always felt like I just kept that faith that there was something that was helping me. And as long as I just kept, um, kept, kept listening to that, kept listening to that, voice that believed that, that I would, um, that I would be shown, I, I'd be shown what the next thing to do. And that's why when, um, uh, when I was, um, told that I should go to detox and I was completely could not believe that they even said that, uh, my heart knew it was true. My heart knew it was true. And I could feel, and, and I, and I could, and, and I, I could allow myself to, uh, to, to really allow myself to feel how scared I was and how, um, and unfortunately it had to be when, when I was, you know, pretty much, you know in a state of uh, bad state, like I was, you know I would start having, I, I would have a drink of, I, I would have like a, a cocktail at where I got my hair done. Like, cause of course I only went to hairdressers that I could have a martini, right? And and the next thing I know, I'd be in the hospital because I was so I had so much in me all the time. Like you know, I was taking volume like Flintstone vitamins. It was just like normal to do all that stuff and uppers, downers, just to to live all the time. So um, so I knew I knew that, that that there's that piece too, right? That um, but I was also open to it. I was also also open to it. So so when I went to detox and they told me. Marty. It's like, the only hot thing you have to do is uh, the only thing you have to change is everything. I knew what they were talking. I believe them to the tips, of my toes. So I knew that I just had to keep everybody away. Cause I didn't know who was good influences or bad influences. And I just focused on my recovery and learning all the shit that I never learned as a kid, because I was a runaway, you know? And so I was able to, uh, you know, with this, uh, with the 12 steps and all that stuff that people do in recovery, I was able to, to uh, get to know me and, um, you know, and but that was a whole other fucking story because, you know, I, they they told me I needed to go to a treatment center and I went to Aurora Treatment Center for Women in Vancouver. It was in a house on Arbuta Street and I went stealth. I went, yes. And it's like I could not tell anybody because I you, you just didn't tell anybody any of that. Right. And then and a week or two into it, I'm crying in my uh, counselor's office. And I'm going, oh, my God, because they're saying, if you're not brutally honest with everything, chances are you're going to like go out and use again, right? So then I, I tell this counselor, Catherine, I remember her name was Catherine. And I told her, oh, my God, it's like, I'm, I'm a transsexual and it's like, blah, blah, blah type of thing. And, but, you know, I even, I even lied then. I still qualified it with, um, I'm transsexual, but I'm intersex that, that bullshit that, that, that so many of us say for some reason to, to make ourselves qualify. I I have no idea. I've never even had my genes checked or anything, you know what I mean? Um, But that was a common thing to, to qualify, you know, to people to make you seem more like uh, they would accept you. And, and, and I said, and I said, Oh yeah, my mother was on thalidomide. So it's like, that's probably what happened. So it's like, you know, so it's like, I, I, I go from wanting to not lie to tell another fucking lie. And, and luckily she did the research that night and she came in and she asked if she could, if we could talk to all the women in group. And, and I said, yeah, I guess so. And she did. And she says, and she told, she said, you want to t- say Marnie? And I told them that. And then she says, you know, and I did look up, you know, the And that is like, there, ha- there was like a lot of, uh, you know, um, defects. If she even said you know, when it came to genitalia and stuff, it's like, and so it's like, you know, my lie was bought and it, and it defeated the purpose of why I even did it. So I lived in this, I was like in this other type of stealth lie, And it wasn't until I went into a recovery house after the, 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 um because I would, that was a treatment center for women. And then they told me there, they said, you have no living skills. You need to Go to a recovery house. So I went to Turning Point Recovery House in Vancouver, quite famous one there, and um, uh, and I love them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you're ever listening to this, anybody, and um, and it was there. Uh, thank God, I was able to let go of that lie because it was run by two fabulous lesbians, and and I came downstairs one day crying, saying, Oh, my God, I'm a liar. And it's like, this is what and I told them the whole skinny. And I'm crying and, you know, you know, drama, drama, drama. And it's like, and they're just she she comes up to me, Heather, God, God rest her soul. I love her. She gives me a big hug and she whispers my ear and she says, Marty, we wouldn't care if you're an alien with eight assholes. And I tell you that is the most beautiful thing anybody had ever said to me in my whole life. At that point, I was like, I just sobbed and I felt like I belonged. And then it was like, no stopping me after that. I went back. I just got my recovery. I went back to school. I became a, uh, uh, you know, I became a coordinator at coast foundation and, and, you know, just my whole life changed. It was just amazing because of being completely freaking honest. So, yeah, that's, that's how I survived.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I'm very thankful that, that you did so that we can be talking here today. Yeah,
3: me too. This was awesome. Yeah.
2: Um, and I guess my, my final question would be, what are your, what are your hopes for, for trans people in, in the future?
3: Yeah, I think we kind of touched on it when I was talking about the whole um, at my experience with uh, the infighting with the medical transsexual stuff and everything and um, and all of this infighting and stuff. I think it's I'd like us to to um, first off, you know, really take a breath and, and come from a place of, you know, you know, kindness and, you know, you know and, and healthy debate, you know, healthy debate about stuff, but also realize that, um, you know, that it's, uh, and so that we can come to that, uh, so we can start to hear each other. So, so I can, it was, it was like me understanding lo- like the, the whole non-binary experience and how I was stuck in this stealth binary brain, you know, as a, as a, as a woman of a transsexual medical experience from back then, it's, um, it's, uh, to, um, to keep having these conversations and, um, with other people and, and, yeah. uh, and, 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 and ask people to talk about why they're uncomfortable. Why is this going on? Why is it like, why is it? Because I think a lot of it has to do with just the same old that we don't like change, you know, that we grow old, we become old, you know, dinosaur heads. And it's like, you know, you know, the groovy hippies turned into yuppies, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, and we have to we keep having, we keep having, we have to keep poking the skin on, on the jello, you know, in our brains type of thing, because it wants to grow over. It just, it's that natural atrophy that we all have in our brains, not, not for everybody, but it's, um, and to, um, you know, to always like preface it with the, you know, this is, this is what we're fighting. We're We're fighting atrophy of the way we think, you know, and, um, and to realize that this whole trancing thing, it's like, like give me a break it's like we're all fucking trans like we all are it's like when it boils down to it it's like if you've ever studied yoga it's like they were tripping out on that stuff thousands and thousands of years ago it's all about balancing the right and the left which are considered you know the traditional like you know uh male and female sides of ourself and collapsing them into the central channel into our spirit of who we truly are because we are and that's how we smash the patriarchy that's how we you know, get rid of it because it's delusional, and it's um, um, and it's um, uh, yeah. I think that's that's a start. I I, I just w- really wish that people could really uh find the spirit underneath all of the stuff that we're nattering on about. You know what I mean? And really um, see it as a, a this spiritual experience that we're having that that, that the that the world is ha- that that us as humans are having and and you and all these young warriors that are, 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 I hate saying awakened, but, but are, have been born into this awakenness type of thing are, are, can push it forward. Right. And um, push the dialogue forward. And um, yeah. So I, I see it that it's um, I always say, I I heard somebody say it, that we are in the anointed ones. I think Laverne Cox said that on one of her show uh, podcasts lately with um, somebody. And, um, and I know it sounds grandiose, but it's true. It's, it's true. We are because, you know, like who wants to do this? Like, you know, who wants to be like, you know, have stones thrown at them their whole life. You know what I mean? But it's, and, and we're swimming upstream and we don't even know why the hell we're doing it. We just have to, it's because it is, it's, it's a spiritual revolution that we're having here. It's a spiritual revolution. Uh, and, um, and when it comes to, um, because you know, I'll just I'll just end with this. Like, I, I, a friend of mine, uh, she posted something on TikTok, and she was mentioning about when she was in Germany, and she went to this. She was asked to go to a steam bath, like like steam baths are really in the rage there, type of thing, to go to saunas. And when she went there, she realized that it was all it's it's all everybody. There's no male or uh, man or women thing. Everybody just goes, and they're naked, and it's normal. And it's like, because, and, and, and we have to realize that we're, we you know, we in the West have this, this shame thing about sexualities and especially in North America and, and our sex and all that stuff that, you know, we should be able to do that stuff without sexualizing it and making it all up. You know what I mean? And um, so I think, I think the more people realize that, you know, that uh, it's, you know, that we all, we really are all you know, that, that, that this, this, it, the binary is an illusion and all that stuff. And, but we have to deconstruct that, you know, with kindness and stuff, because there's so many people that, um, just react with fear and anger. Right. Yeah. I see your dog's, I see your dog's tail waving in the back. It was so cute going. I want some love. Oh yeah.
2: He's very jealous (laughs) that I'm not talking to him right now. Yeah.
3: (laughs) I'm amazed mine, are, mine isn't in here. I'm amazed mine isn't. Thank
2: you again so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, oh, i you're welcome. Love to talk again in the future at some point because
3: I would love that too. Yeah,
2: you've got in again, uh, an, like I said at the beginning, an incredible lived experience that we we don't hear a lot about yeah. because queer and trans history is just something that's not super yeah. recorded. <laughs> So yeah.
3: yeah, well, thank you for doing this and everything you're doing. And sure. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm Marty pants, Marty pants. That's M A R D I P A N T Z Um on Instagram, um, TikTok and where else am I? Um, yeah. You can find my Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook with that name too. And, um, and then my YouTube channel is beyond trans. With Marty M E R D I, and uh, yeah, so come say hi. Tell if you if you do um, if you did listen from this, and um, please let me know in the comments if you if you have this part in there. It's like that you came from there. Say hi.
1: Marty Peronik speaking with our reporter Terence Adams about Marty's life experiences as a trans woman from the 70s to today.
0: You're listening to Gaywire on CJSR 88.5 FM in Amiskwichiwa, or so-called Edmonton. If you missed one of the earlier parts of the show, you can catch up on what you missed by listening to the Gaywire podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Remember to do something nice for someone else this holiday season. There are three great ways you can do this. Number one, donate money to Boyle Street. They need it right now. Number two, shovel your neighbor's sidewalk. And number three, email your grandma your favorite Gaywire episode.
0: (laughs) That's right. It's the season of giving. Giving your friends a link to where they can listen to (laughs) Gaywire. And with that, we're going to jump right into a segment from our very own Chenille Renasinghe with special guest Terrence Adams.
4: Hello, happy holidays, and welcome to the holiday episode of Homotextuals. I'm your magical host, Chenille Renasinghe, and today I'm joined by a guest. Hello, everyone. I'm Terrence Adams. My pronouns are he and
2: they, and I'm happy to be here. Today, we are going to discuss two queer holiday movies to watch this season. The first is Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart, and the second is Single All
4: the Way, starring Michael Yuri. Let's start with the happy season, because I have a lot to say. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Happy Season is about a woman, Kristen Stewart, who's planning to propose to her girlfriend on Christmas day after meeting the family. What she doesn't know is that her girlfriend is not out of the closet and has instead shoved her girlfriend back into the closet for the duration of the holiday. Hijinks ensue. Uh, The first thing I wanna say about this movie is as much as I love it, I'm still unsure if it's a positive LGBT movie because there's a lot problematic with it.
2: For sure, cuz a lot of the humor in this movie is around homophobic tension um which kind of like just puts you on edge and not really in a good way, you
4: know? Not really. I mean, there's definitely a scene where she literally is physically shoved into a closet to avoid being to avoid outing her girlfriend and it's just not a great atmosphere and I think also the family dynamics, like the girlfriend's family dynamics, like always put me on edge. I'm like, there's so much unsaid tension and it's going to blow up. Um, But
2: Kristen Stewart was in it. So I did legally have to watch it and legally I had to enjoy it. And Aubrey Plaza definitely brought a lot to
4: the table. She did. Her outfits Uh, alone. Just. I guess one other point is that. I think all the positive scenes in this movie, like the ones that put me more at ease are the ones where her girlfriend is not in them, which is really bad. Um, Another, another actor that I think a lot of people would watch this movie for is Dan Levy. He's in this movie. um, And he's really, he's Dan Levy. That's all I can say that that's all you need to know. He's Dan Levy.
2: Dan Levy of course is the creator and one of the stars of the Canadian uh, show Schitt's Creek. Um, spelled with a ch.
4: Um, that said, um, I would recommend um, anyone in our audience to watch "Happiest Season" starring Kristen Stewart this holiday season, and give us your own opinion. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, b- b- uh, let's keep going. Uh, we also have um, another movie to discuss. Uh, why don't you introduce it, Terrence?
2: Yes. So the second movie is "Single All the Way."
4: So, quick summary about Single All the Way. Um, a very... How do, how do I phrase him? A very tired... The, the, our, our, our tired city city slicker main character, Michael Yuri is very unhappy with his life in L.A. and goes to spend the holidays with his family in New Hampshire. Um, he drags along his very hilarious and very active a roommate along with him and more holiday hijinks ensue
2: so i had to take notes on this movie because in the first five minutes i was like i'm not gonna make it through this i think (laughs) that this is the worst thing i've ever watched in my life why did it get created by the 53 14 mark in the movie i had completely changed my mind so it took me a while it was a bit of a slow burn, but I completely changed my mind, and I think this movie is fabulous.
4: I 100% agree. the The beginning is a little slow, a little rough, but then once you meet his family, once you get into the quote unquote holiday spirit, um, it's a wonderful movie, and I definitely one highly recommend it to everyone. Uh, my biggest, my favorite thing was that they kind of subverted one of the, um, I guess hallmark tropes, romantic comedy tropes, Christmas comedy tropes, whatever you want to call it, where they were roommates and they were going to be, you know, like fake dating to real dating, but then they they weren't. And then they were. And it was just, I don't know, it was a little unexpected, but I loved it.
2: Um, there was one super, super unrealistic part of this movie that I have to complain about. And that would be the flawless parallel parking done by a gay person, because we all know that gay people can't drive.
4: I saw that. I was like, how How did you... Was there a stunt double who did the parking? There had to be a stunt double. Out of
2: the two movies, I definitely uh, swing more towards Single All the Way. That one is available on Netflix. Um, but Happiest Season, if you want to see Kristen Stewart, you want to see Aubrey Plaza, I believe that one's available on
4: Prime. And that is all the time we have for today. This has been a pretty special segment thanks to our wonderful guest, Terrence. Thanks for coming by.
2: Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to this special holiday episode of Homotextuals.
4: Regular episodes will return in the new year, so stay tuned. And in the meantime, don't forget to turn the page.
0: was our very special holiday homotextuals segment produced and created by Chenille Ronasinghe with the help of Terrence Adams
1: and with that we are out of time for today thank you for our interview guest Marty Peronik for sharing some of her story and journey with us
0: today's show was produced by myself Shane Giles, Joe Victor Krieger Ash Halinda, Artemis Peasley Terrence Adams Jean-Viev Aslan and Chenille Ronasinghe Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. You can find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm and on Facebook, Twitter, at Gaywire, and at GaywireCJSR on Instagram. Leave us a comment, leave us a like, and tell a friend. Let us know what you think of the show. Hit up the DMs sometime. And if you'd rather be fancy, you can also email us at gaywirecjsr.com. And you never know, you might just get to be a part of the show. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Katherine Hiltz. So until next week, keep it breezy and please stay on the line.